You are listening to the Conversational Selling Podcast with Nancy Calabrese. Hi, it's Nancy Calabrese, and it's time for Conversational Selling, the podcast where sales leaders and business experts share what's happening in sales and marketing today. And it always starts with the human conversation. Joining us today is Michael Whitehouse, coach, author, motivational speaker, and networker. With over 18 years of experience running businesses and working with a diverse range of people, Michael works with people to gain a clearer vision of their ideal future, develop gratitude to appreciate the life they already have, and build their toolbox of connections and skills to drive towards their vision. Michael believes it's not what you know, but it's who you know. And it's true that a network is one of your most important assets. He's also the author of The Guy That Knows a Guy, a book that shares his story of going from stranger to connector in less than two years. So welcome to the show, Michael, and let's start sharing your story. Great. I'm happy to do it. All right. I, I have to start with your book because I love the title. How did you come Thank up you. with it and what motivated you to write it? So what motivated me to write it was that I had years of experience with uh, business and marketing and all these different things. So I've been here, there and everywhere. But at the time, I was working as a salesman for a local or a marketer, technically, okay. which is a step below a salesman for a local Minuteman press franchise. Oh. And I had all this this knowledge about, you know, how they could use what we did for for their business. Right. And all they saw me was the guy who, you know, took their orders and uh, you know, yeah, just 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 take take my business card order, business card kid. Yeah. And I'm like, but I know all this stuff. Uh -huh. So I said, what if I take what I know and write it down? Cause then I can put author in my bio. <laughs> so I wrote it. I got about 95% done and got a job as a marketing manager and didn't actually need the book for the credibility anymore, but I finished it, got it out there. And um, it's been a great asset for me. I, I, if I've sold 200 copies, I'd be surprised, but it's, it's a great asset to open doors because if somebody wants to know about me, they can read the book, they can listen to the audio book. Uh, they can, you know, they can get my whole story uh, from that first phase of my, my networking life through the book. Wow. Wow. And, and you're, you're obviously your livelihood is based on networking, networking, networking. Um, mm -hmm. Why is it such an important tool or an arsenal to have in any company? Well, so networking is, is the leverage against anything else. So, you know, anyone is, most people are great at one, maybe two things. Right. Uh, if they're some kind of super gifted, they might be good at three things, but most aren't. Most people are good at one or two things. And so anyone who is very successful, uh, financially successful or otherwise successful is because they lean into those one or two things to the exclusion of all other things. So if you're great at writing and writing brilliant copy, you shouldn't be doing, you know, customer tracking or bookkeeping or standing in line at the DMV. Right. You should be writing because right. that's your highest value activity. Networking is the best way to be able to not do the things you're not great at and to focus on the things you're great at because that's how you're going to find the people to make those connections. And I got into networking because, well, for, to start with, because I didn't have anything else. I didn't, I was trying to start a business, didn't have any assets, connections, resources, money, experience, credentials. 
So I went to the networking events and just said, let me start meeting people. Let me figure this out, build a network. And sure enough, it was as simple as just showing up a lot. Yeah. And I got to be connecting people of note to people of note. Then as I learned better how to do it and learn techniques and strategies and being more intentional, it basically replaced most of and eventually all of my selling activity. So I don't like making cold calls. So I network. Yeah. I don't like pitching. So I network. You know, that those that kind of networking engagement replaces all of that because it, it takes you to a higher level of relationships and engagement uh, and trust. You know, I, I, I'm listening to your voice. You obviously have a personality. What do you say to those people that are introverted and know they have to network? So introverts make better network networkers than extroverts. How so? Because introverts tend to be more organized than extroverts. So my zone of genius is meeting more people. It is not organization. It is not follow-up <laughs> tracking. I've talked to some some people who say, if you're going to network, you need to send follow-up notes. You need to keep track of things. You need to remember details. You need to remember names. Right. And so according to that person, I'm a terrible networker. <laughs> I don't remember names. I don't send thank you notes. I don't send gifts. I don't remember people's kids' names or that they have a dog or their hobbies or anything. I just meet a lot of people, make a lot of connections, provide a lot of value in a very bull in a china shop kind of way. Wow. Introverts tend to be better at keeping track of of those details, of remembering someone's kids' names and remembering that they they like uh, golden retrievers or right. those kinds of things. They build deeper relationships. And I, I believe it's because for an extrovert, for me, meeting someone is, is not a cost, it's a benefit. I love meeting people. If right. you're an introvert and it takes energy and it's gonna wear on you to go out, go to another event, meet more people, make more connections, right. You're going to make the most of the ones you have and get the most value from that and build the deepest connections there. Yeah. So introverts tend to uh, build deeper relationships and be more effective at it. And the other thing I'll say is that most people, when they think of networking, think of the wrong thing. They think of going to a networking event, glass of wine in one hand, business card in the other, right. a bunch of people pitching stuff at you, you know, high intensity, high pressure activities. Right. That is a form of networking. That's where I go because I think it's fun because I'm crazy that way. <laughs> but if you don't like that, you could be an effective networker and never go to a networking event. Okay. You don't have to go to a networking event to network because as long as you know some people, right. it's just a matter of talking to those people, asking how you can help them, right. and then asking them, who else do you know that I should know? Who else do you know who would be valuable for me to connect with. And it, you can do it entirely with low pressure, one-on-one conversations yeah. in which you're approaching a perspective. How can I, what can I give you? How can I help you? So there's no pressure. Right. And just get those connections. You can make all the connections you need without ever going to a networking event. How much time do you recommend people spend networking based on the other you know, roles that they have in a week? Uh, that depends on how much time they need to spend and what they're doing. Okay. Uh, I mean, I spend 25 hours a week networking or more. Okay. Other people should not. I'm a professional networker. It's my job. Right. Um, yeah, I don't have a particular amount of time. It depends on what you, you need to do, what you're trying to do. Right. Um, it's, it's like saying how much time should you spend working out? Well, are you trying to be in okay shape so you can not get winded walking upstairs or are you preparing for a marathon? Right. <laughs> yeah. You know, if, if you're building your business, if you've got everything in place and you've got everything, you just need to find clients, find customers, 
build the business, then you should be spending a lot of your time networking. Well, uh, I personally, if I need to sell and build a business, I'm going to spend almost all that time networking rather than cold calling or cold pitching or anything like that. Because mm -hmm. I find networking to be the most effective way to sell because that's the way I like doing it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the, there's no hard and fast amount of you. Sh you must network this much. You it's how much you need to do it. Yeah. Um, in doing some research uh, and preparing for this, I found out that you're the do it guy and I love just do it. Tell us more about that. I think you had a podcast on it. That's quite possible. I do have 670 episodes of my <laughs> podcast. So one of them was probably do it. Yeah. Uh, all right. <laughs> yep. So, so actually that, that segues into one of my other podcasts. So that's my morning motivation podcast. That's right. a daily motivational podcast. One of the episodes was do it. Um, I also have another podcast called neurodiversity superpowers um, okay. because I have ADHD has, you know, people are surprised to hear I have ADHD. They're not surprised at all. No surprise. <laughs> um, but so because again, I always lean into my strengths or try to, yeah. and any weakness say, how can I pivot that to be a strength? Right. So one of my quote unquote weaknesses, I'm not good at paying attention to things. I'm not good at sticking things for a long time. So how do I pivot that to a strength? Well, if I'm not good at sitting around in the planning stage for a long time, I don't sit there. I take action and see where the action takes me. Because okay. if I don't, I'm going to forget what I'm doing, get distracted and never go anywhere. Right. So I go straight to doing it. And when I do that, now I'm not saying drop a million dollars on a new project and hope for the best. Right. But if you're if you're thinking, oh, I might launch a podcast, uh, let me think and plan. And do it. there's people who are have been planning a podcast for three years. Yeah. I launched my podcast in a weekend. I mean, I had some of the interviews already. But, you know, when I came up with the Neurodiversity Superpowers podcast, I said, I should do this. I created a Calendly link for people to book interviews. Okay. And I started sending it out. Right. And the only delay was how long it took to do the interviews. But I just did it. And if it didn't work, well, I do different interviews and promote differently. Yeah. And then pivot from there. But the thing is, if you spend a year planning and then take action you don't start learning until you take action. So right. you may discover that year of planning, you were planning the wrong direction for the whole year. Right. You get out there for five minutes, say, oh, oh, this is what I should have been doing. Yeah. A year is wasted. So if you just take action, does that have to be massive? Don't have to, you don't have to commit the, commit the whole barn. But if you just take some action and get out there, you'll start discovering things, learning things. People discover you. You may get five minutes in and someone says, oh, my God, I love what you're doing. I'm three years ahead. Do you want to partner with me? Right. The planning meant nothing. You got their plan. Now you're on their team. Boom. So, yeah, I'm a big fan of, of action first. You know, ready, fire, aim, uh, I think, is a great way to do things. Yeah, tell us more, Michael. What, what kind of topics do you discuss in that podcast? In the, which one? Neurodiversity. So the Neurodiversity podcast, the theme of that is interviewing people who are successful because of rather than in spite of their neurodiversity. So neurodiversity is anything that your brain is different so you interact with the world differently. That's yeah. ADHD, autism, dyslexia, yeah. OCD, the, the, whole, uh, the, the whole waterfront. Yeah. And the theme of the show is people are successful because of not in spite of, because the narrative around neurodiversity is very much, you know, it's a disability. It's difficult. Right. We get bullied. We don't understand. It's so hard. Right. But I have met so many entrepreneurs who are multimillionaire. Now, people have different definitions of success. Right. But 
I'm talking like they have two commas in their bank account and multiple digits in front of that second comma. Yeah. So, you know, and and it's not, well, I overcame autism to get here. It's my autism is why there's two commas in my bank account. Yeah. My ADHD is why I'm here. My dyslexia is why I'm here. And I think that so many people need to hear this message, especially young people right. who have been given a diagnosis of, well, you're screwed up, you're broken, you're a mess. Well, but you know, if we work really hard, maybe you can get an office job when you grow up and you can be a drone like everyone else. I, I have to tell you, I mean, you're speaking something that's very close to my heart. My daughter has ADHD and I was infuriated when she was in, you know, young school age how they yep. classified her with a disability uh, infuriated me. I just saw her as um, your learning style was different than the masses, has nothing yep. to do with how smart. And I'm definitely going to have her listen <laughs> to your podcast for sure. Um, I, yeah. You, yeah, it sounds like your school had a teaching disability. What? Her school had a teaching disability. Yes. Oh, you have no idea how annoyed I was. And... Um, I, I think what I learned throughout it is you over listen. That's why you're distracted. You hear mm -hmm. more than the rest of us can hear that don't have that. Well, here's my little neurodiversity. I'm a lefty. Okay. They just, they just had, uh, um, uh, I think it was Lefty Day just the other day. Yep. yep. How we're definitely wired differently than righties. Hmm. Yep. Yeah. I mean, that's my little input. Uh, you love you, you shared a story about how you spent 22 years broke. Let's talk about that. Yeah. So and, and some of it's because I hadn't embraced what my ADHD meant. I, I came out of college. I couldn't get a job. Well, I could get a job. But, you know, it's the you got to send in a write a letter and do a thing. And another thing, they call you back and they call you back again. I'm like, forget this. I could just make my own job. I'll launch right. my own business. Uh -huh. And being a combination of young and arrogant and also ADHD, <laughs> uh, I launched a business and I knew better than everyone. Uh, I did get some advice. I just didn't listen to it. And I proceeded to uh, – the, the store was wildly successful except for never making any money, okay. um, which apparently if you don't make money in a business, it doesn't, uh, doesn't do very well. So, <laughs> so you know, I, I, I own this, this game store, uh, which I did not focus in the area where game stores make money. And then from there, I became a driving instructor. I was, I've sold insurance. I've sold cars, printing. And I could never figure out how to make a living. Um, yeah. I made money, but never enough. You know, for every year of my marriage until 2022, my wife made more than I did. Yeah. And then a funny thing happened. I leaned into being me. So when the pandemic hit, the business right. that I had... Most of my sales was coming from, guess what? Networking. Yeah. In-person networking. Well, in-person networking went away in March 2020. Yep. I then spent a few months trying to figure out, okay, how can I make this work? And finally realized I'm in a place where I need to reinvent this from scratch. And when I started with these guys, I was following a proven system and having trouble doing it. And now <laughs> I was supposed to be learning the, pro the system they were reinventing on the fly. I said, right. if I'm going to start from scratch... I might as well do my thing. This might be my, my sign to do my own thing. So I started exploring, figure out what is my thing. I'm just going to go where the entrepreneurship flows take me, see what happens. Uh, by the end of 2020, it was clear that this was not going to be a quick process. 
I started doing gig work to pay the bills, DoorDash, Uber, uh, Lyft. And so by the middle of 2021, I was doing my business Monday through Friday, five days a week. And I was doing Uber Friday through Sunday, three days a week. So five plus three is eight, working eight days a week. (laughs) Um, Seemed like a great solution short term. Did did wear on me after a while, uh, but it left me free so that when I did finally discover what my niche was, I could pursue it. In November, I was talking to uh, a friend of mine who's a very, very good coach, uh, Phil Palucha, and tried to figure out what is my offer? What do I sell? Like, I understood the, the funnel system. And at the end is you sell your high ticket offer. I'm like, what is it? <laughs> and Phil said, well, you know, some people get paid to make introductions. Right. I said, paid to make introductions? I make introductions for free all the time. He's like, yeah, (laughs) you can get paid for that. So I took that idea. Now, he didn't specifically know like what I should be doing, but he kind of he clued me into the idea that that concept existed. Right. So I started sharing that with other people I talked to. And one of them said, I would love to have someone do that for me. How much do you want? And I said, oh, what what do you mean? It's like, I want to pay you. How much do you want? Um, (laughs) And suddenly I had a client without having figured out my price yet. Um, And... Then he said, you know, I probably know 20 more people who'd also love this. Uh, he didn't get me 20, but he did get me a few. And that got me started. And that conversation was December 2020. And by June of 2021, I had a six-figure business awesome. uh, of people who they know how to network. They got great connections. In fact, my clients make great connections for me. Right. But they don't have the time or inclination to, to take the time to network. Because you need to kiss a lot of frogs to find the prince. Right. And you need to go to the, you know, you need to go to these weekend long events. You need to talk to, I mean, on average, I'll talk to 10 people per client for every introduction I make. But out of those 10, one goes to one client, one goes to another, maybe two go to another. So out of that 10, I might introduce, I mean, I make introductions to most people I meet. I might introduce five of them to my clients, six of them. Right. Um, But for each of my clients, they would have had to spend five or six hours to make that one connection. Wow. With me, they spend just the time it takes to meet them and... Wow. And they, they skip all the rest of it. So you're um, like a matchmaker. Uh, I'm I'm sort of like a matchmaker, a bit of like matchmaker, gatekeeper, sifter, <laughs> connector. Wow. Um, you know what? You should also be in broadcasting. <laughs> have you have you been told that before? I have been told that by not but not by anyone who can put me on the air. Ah, well, you're on the air now and I'm making it public. <laughs> yep. Somebody will listen in. Um, you know, gee, we're, we're, we're out of time. Uh, this is a fascinating topic, uh, and I'd like to continue it at another point. But two things. What is one takeaway you want to leave the audience with? The most important takeaway is that anyone can be a connector. Uh, it's not about being outgoing. It's not about sounding good on the radio. Uh, it's not about, you know, all the things that you hear from me that make yeah. you think I'm a good connector. That's not what it is. It is that I made a decision that I'm going to connect people and then I'm going to go into every conversation saying, what connections can I make for this person? And if you've ever met anyone, you can do the same thing and you can become a connector just like I did. Yep. How can my audience reach you? Uh, So they can go to my website, guywhoknowsaguy.com and everything is... Uh, in a jumbled ADHD pile. I mean, in a very well-organized, beautiful website at yeah. guywhoknowsaguy.com. They can also get a copy of my book on there. Awesome. Well, um, I already downloaded some stuff. 
I subscribe to your morning motivation, uh, motivational uh, podcast, which I'll share with my team. And I mm-hmm. uh, really appreciate you spending time with us. And hey, hey folks, take advantage of this gentleman's skill. I mean, there's not many Michaels around like this Michael Whitehouse. So have a great sales day. Michael, please come back and uh, we'll talk again soon. I'm happy to anytime. Thank you. The Conversational Selling Podcast is sponsored by One of a Kind Sales. If you are frustrated that you don't have enough leads or your sales team complains that they just don't have enough time to prospect, we can help. To work with Nancy and her team to help you manage your sales team, install her proven outbound sales process, and create more bottom line results, email her now at nancy at oneofakindsales.com. To learn more about Nancy and her outbound sales secrets, grab your free copy of her book, The Inside Sales Solution, at oneofakindsales.com forward slash book.